Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads. And with me, I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief. And together, this is our What's the Headline podcast. And if we seem punchy, it's because we are. We just witnessed a match of all matches where blows were thrown, haymakers thrown, um, lots versus dipset, long anticipated, much awaited, and I think uh, really, really great. How about you? Yeah, man, great for versus. Um, truly, I mean, it, it's not hyperbole or a hot take. This is my favorite versus of 2021, you know. Shout out to everyone else that's been involved. And I did not expect that to be. I don't think you did either. Nah, you're going to put it just to 21. You won't say your favorite verses ever? I mean, that's tricky. That's, uh, that's a tough one. It's definitely top, I'm going to say two. I, I enjoyed RZA and DJ Premier when the format was kind of new and exciting. And, you know, those are two of the goats. But, um, you know, I think for an entertainment value purposes, not nostalgia and, and certainly there's nostalgia with both of these groups but for me subjectively um on an entertainment level this is probably number one teddy riley and babyface was close but i think this you know bumped that yes apples and oranges man teddy and, and babyface part one uh was just a whole different animal and beast by itself first of all it was, it was in the very beginning i think it was like number two or three yeah. Other verses and you know the technical difficulties like were were part of the character of it. And then Teddy coming out with the with the dancing uh crew and the choreography and stuff yeah. like that and babyface just throwing shade in his cool <laughs> studio, like that was that was um all time classic. But this one, man, first of all, it's a testament to how far versus has come. Yeah. Uh, obviously we started this in COVID. And um, any fears of COVID <laughs> had to be like, put by the wayside tonight, just given how packed it was in Madison Square Garden's theater. Um, but beyond that, the production level, man, uh, Triller, yeah. full-blown concert, just a whole, whole different world. Yeah, and let me ask you, just being a New Yorker, I mean, you know, we're both, I, you know, I'm in Philly right now. So for me, you know, I could get there probably in another hour than it might take you. But did COVID factor in for you not, you know, for you watching virtually? Nah, man. The, the thing that factored in was the podcast, really. I wanted to, <laughs> Word. I wanted to uh, be here so we could talk about it real time. You know, yeah. um, that was it. You know, I'm vaccinated. Um, you know, I know the Delta variant is not, it's definitely not 100% against it. But at a certain point, I just want to live life. And so, you know, I'm moving with, with um, practicality but also live in life. You know what I mean? Man, I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I, never, I never thought I'd be there. I saw some of my Philly folks that were going up tonight, um, and, you know, certainly they got a show. So, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, did you get any reports from inside the building? Uh, no, I, you know, at one point I, I looked through my Instagram stories and, and some folks I know were there and kind of, you know, getting there like, yo, I'm here, moments off. But I didn't, nothing nothing of value to you or I or anyone that didn't see I'll be very curious like this is 
you know, maybe apart from Gucci Mane versus Jeezy, which I feel like kind of left with some un, you know, unfinished business, so to speak. Uh, you know, shout out to Styles who who made it very clear this is this is all about peace. But I gotta say, just as a viewer, man, I have questions. So if tomorrow on Breakfast Club, if you know these groups together or apart are doing any sort of post versus press, they've got my attention because I want to know everything. I want the tea. Yeah, man. Uh, I was. I thought it was great how midway through. Well, first of all, you, to your credit, you know, labeled it as WWE from the start. Um, clowning my man Michael Buffer. You know, yeah. let's get ready to rumble. Called him a fake Vince McMahon. <laughs> bootleg, bootleg, yeah. Bootleg, bootleg. You his his hair was just a certain way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did actually. You had me. Uh, you had me going, man. Um, but you know, the first half before he said that. The energy was on point, man. They were really, really, really going at it and going hard. But Styles made a point and Jada made a point of saying, listen, you know, we, we planned this. We, we told each other we were going to go after each other and they delivered big time. Yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, one of the disappointments, if, and there's very few in this, is if there were just so many damn people on the stage, which I feel like um, two things. One, and you can speak to this more than I can. I feel like that's a replication of a time-tested hip-hop tradition, especially in New York of like, yo, crews are going to be on stage. I feel like on the flip, though, it may have limited um, the showmanship from, you know, all these MCs and groups. But that was my one concern is, you know, there were several reminders of like, yo, we, we like each other. We've done songs together. You know, this morning um, they announced a tour of of Dipset, of the locks, also state property, you know, you know, great, great lineup. Um, but you know, anytime you're dealing with entourages and people in the crowd and there's certain shout-outs during the show, like you know, we both know things can escalate. And shout out especially to Styles for reminding people at a few key points in the show that that this really is a entertainment and a performance. Yeah, at one point Jada told Styles to hug Jim Jones to like show the crews that it was all love, you know? Oh, I missed that. I mean, I saw the hug, but I didn't see the cue. That's interesting. Yeah. Now Jada literally said, yo, yo, Styles, hug Jim so people know this, this is, you know, this is, yeah. uh, this is not serious. This is all love. But, you know, to your point, man, uh, you know, I've been to countless shows in New York and it was definitely a throwback to those days in the 90s and early O's. It felt like a New York concert. Uh, I got to say, I have a love hate for that because of exactly what you identified. You know, at times you would get lost and you wouldn't even be able to find the artist because the crew was so deep or they'd be behind like third row, whatever, on their own show. But, you know, if their mission was to bring New York back, I can't think of any better way to do it than not only that, but just the showmanship, um, the saying from the outset, this is a competition, this is a battle. A lot of these have been celebrations and Dudes have been like doing each other's verses and stuff like that. This was not that at all, man. This yeah. was a straight throwdown. And it, I thought it was amazing. So, I mean, as far as the crowd, I only have but one question. What is that guy that looked like the Dos Equis, most interesting man in the world that was on stage in the bedazzled <laughs> jacket? Like, I, you know, if Dipset does Breakfast Club or if they do Sway, I got to get the answer on, on who that guy is. Um, uh, he's somebody's uncle or next door neighbor or something. You know. Let's have lots on again, man. We've had him on before. Let's do it ourselves. You know? Yeah, I feel like he was with, with the dip set, but I like that plan too. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, I mean, that speaks to it. Going into it, I got to ask, you know, just hip hop head to hip hop head. 
what um what expectations did you have as far as where this could go you know did you did you have a clear-cut winner in mind just as far as preconceived notions i did uh, because you know i think the locks is catalog when you factor in solo material uh group material features all that was just greater you know um they there, there was so many records that were not played tonight like for example a uh, knockout punch would have been bmf right um, and Styles is on that with Rick Ross. Yeah. They, they have so many features, you don't even realize it. And, and they started showing off toward the end by playing three, four, five songs at a time. Yeah. But they had records to burn. So that's interesting. You know, uh, Dipset has got, you know, some similar characteristics in that they have group and solo material and obviously features. But I think those are the locks, especially given the bad boy affiliation and everything they've done over the last couple of decades, I, I thought it was just going to be much stronger. Yeah. I mean, I went back and forth over the last few weeks because Dip said there's a certain nostalgia that the locks don't necessarily receive. The locks have been active. I mean, in the last few years, last five years, they put out two albums. Um, you know, they very much remain together. Dip said has this breakup to makeup mentality. There's a certain nostalgia. There's, you know, a fashion element. There's a New York element. There's all this iconography, and I feel like people romanticize Dipset. And, and, you know, I probably going into this am a bigger uh, Dipset fan just in terms of bodies of work. And also the locks, you know, you're getting three people. With Dipset, I mean, that truly was a movement that includes these four gentlemen that we saw tonight, Cameron, Jim Jones, Freaky Zeke, and Joel Santana. But, I mean, going through those mixtape years and those compilation years, there was Hellrell, J.R. Ryder, Zsa you know, Ancasa. There's you know, Purple City, there's all of these spinoffs. And as we've all seen with Versus, that can work to an advantage. I mean, and, and I got to say, you know, tonight, no guests. Um, no, you know, at one point they were even joking. Um, Dipset was joking towards the locks that they didn't bring Diddy out. And I just thought that at a time when, when sometimes that can be a rabbit out of a hat to win back the crowd, from technical emceeing, this was pretty dope that it was just the two groups and their entities. So I still have to say, I went back and forth on the two. I could see either of them taking it, but I probably would have erred on the side of Dipset coming into it. On Dipset? Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, for those reasons, for nostalgia, I think from a technical side, you know, the locks, but I did not expect what happened. And I don't think you did either. Yeah, so I, I thought there were going to be guests, too, especially with it being in, in the garden. You know, um, I thought there was opportunity for tons and tons of people to come out, and it was star-studded. You definitely had people in the audience. You had uh, Carmelo Anthony, Fat Joe, Fab was in the building, Conway. I heard Migos were in the building. Um, you know, it was a really star-studded and heavily... My son was, like, right over their shoulder, you know, the whole yeah. time on stage. Yeah, but no, yeah, nobody jumped on, though, you know... Um, but let me ask you this. Do you associate, and I'm asked for both groups, the locks more with the 90s or the O's and same for Dipset? Great question. I mean, I feel like Dipset really amplified around the same time the locks um, went into kind of a quiet phase. I mean, I mean, for those that follow the story, you know, the locks put out two albums. Boom, they were on Bad Boy. Boom, they were off Bad Boy. Put out, you know, We Are the Streets. And then due to paperwork, due to three different solo careers, rebranding with D-Block, things changed. And at that exact same time, you know, Dipset Amplified, Cameron had come out as a solo star and then regalvanized with this group. 
And out of that, you know, his hype man, Jimmy Jones, turned into, you know, really his number two capo status. Joel Santana really hit the ground running. Um, you know, they had Jay-Z and Rockefeller behind them. And then later years, you know, became priorities of Def Jam. So I don't see a huge overlap, but I do think that just in terms of a certain time in New York, both are there. But I think you're right. I think like, I think a locks is like, 97 to like 2000 2001 as a unit and i think of dipset as like you know 02 to really 06 you know um but of course you know i mean tonight there was obviously solo records and with of those major careers none of them have ever really wavered cameron's disappeared sometimes for a year here a year there but he's always had a huge presence um what about you though yeah, you know, remarkably, both groups have stayed relevant for the better part of two decades now. And I think that's yeah. a testament to uh, them as individuals and as groups. Uh, but, you know, when I think about origins, I definitely think about the locks in the 90s. You know, mm -hmm. um, some of the biggest records are those bad boy records, Biggie and Kim and, and, and people like that. And so, um, and that's just distinctly 90s for me. And I think of Dipset as, as the O's. You know, one of my greatest memories is going to the Jay-Z American Gangster show at Apollo Theater. And this was like 2000, when that dropped, 2007? Yeah, 2007. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's in Harlem and they start playing We Fly High. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, instead of um, um, balling, they're yelling Brooklyn, you know, because oh. uh, Brooklyn had taken over the, the Apollo Theater up in Harlem. Uh, but, you know, th that was distinctly like O's for me. So I have vivid memories of both from, from different eras. But, dude, we're 20 years away from the, the, the O's at this point, you know, O one, And so, you know, at a certain point, those collapse into being the same era. It's crazy. I mean, you think about it, and I mean, our audience would really appreciate this kind of factoid. Um, but, you know... Uh, not not Styles, but Sheik and Jada debut on Main Source's second album, Fuck What You Think, which comes out in 94. In 95, Big L's Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, Cameron has, he sneaks in with a, a feature verse, you know, a short. It might not even be a whole 16, but the genesis of both of these movements, you know, is that, you know, heart and soul, that, that breadbasket of, of the hip hop we love. And to watch it, you know, play out, over the years that followed is really interesting. To your point, they've always been relevant. And uh, I love, love, love watching. I mean, we're going to get to who won, you know, very shortly, but I love the fact that both of these groups are getting their attention. And there were definitely joints on both sides from their catalogs that I did not expect to hear. And to your point, you know, you look at the locks, like they didn't play the Primo joint recognized, which is my favorite group song. And, you know, Dipset has so many mixtape songs they could have done, but opted not to. So it was really, really interesting. And, and yeah, there could have easily been at least 10 more rounds tonight. Yeah, man. So we talked about this a little bit, but I want to go into it a little bit more deeply. Uh, and that's just the, the execution and the platforms of the, the show itself. Uh, so I watched on Triller and I, I have Apple TV. So I watched on, on the flat screen and it was spectacular. You know, it looked like a, a full-blown, almost award show, like multiple camera angles, wide shots, shots from up above on the ceiling, uh, like booms, like it was a full-blown professional thing. I had IG on my phone, too, because I wanted to see the commentary. 
So it was entertaining seeing, seeing you were the watching the chat. Yeah, I was watching the chat for sure. You know, uh, that's the one thing that was missing from the, the TV experience. But, you know, I had the second screen ex- experience for that. But how did you how did you watch it? Man, I created like DEFCON zero. So I have my notepad out. I have our document. And with that, it wasn't really a lean back thing for me. I guess I didn't I didn't think to do it, you know, via the television. So I had it on IG live on my desktop. And then I had a second one going on my phone for the reasons you said. And even still, I have to say, you know, and I was watching it through the Versus account, and I'm glad that they still do that just for folks that might not be, you know, downloading Triller or anything like that. Um, but I thought the production value visually was a new was a new plateau as far as they go. I mean, the ring itself with the camera angles, and even though there was a gazillion people on stage, at no point could you not see who was rapping? And I thought there was a lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, cool, man. Um, so you ready to get into it? Let's get to the shits, man. All right. So round one, locks, uh, F with you from We Are The Streets versus Dipset's F you. Yeah. I mean, F- they just came F- out swinging. Yeah, F you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> versus Dipset's I'm Ready from Dip- Diplomatic Immunity. Um, I gave that one to... Uh, Dipset, you know, uh, it was purely on the record. Uh, at that point, I wasn't really peeping the fact that the locks were rapping with no tracks. It was mm-hmm. just, um, I was just, you know, seeing it as like a standard versus, you know, checking the record versus the record. And I like that record more than uh, the locks record. So I gave that one to the locks, I mean, to the Dipset. And I thought it was at that point, I thought, okay, here we go. It's going to yeah. be a good match. Nah, man. I mean, this time I saw what the locks were doing and I thought that, you know, this, this was like that last game in the preseason, the NFL, like, Oh no, we're tackling, tackling. And they came out with a message and I made that translation because, you know, I'm ready is the bigger record. I I think, and you know, unless you live in Yonkers, I think you're going to agree with me on that one, but the way the locks delivered it with such conviction and fervor, it, it immediately sold it. And the fact that they went first, with that declaration versus I'm ready, I'm ready kind of sends a message, but I always thought of that as more about the sample and kind of that chipmunk soul of the era. I went right into the locks and and their performance is what pushed it over the edge. And speaking of them going first and Yonkers, uh, you know, it already started off chippy from the very beginning. Um, you know, it was, uh, Cam was telling them that they had to go first because they're not from Manhattan. Yeah. they're in Manhattan and the locks are not from Manhattan. They're not, that they're, they're not from, from home. So they had to go first. So I thought that was funny and a, and a great way to kick it off. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to give it up when the tour announced this morning, uh, I kind of, I even pushed this versus a little bit more to the backseat of my mind. I knew I was going to be watching no matter what for this podcast, but I was like, you know, these guys are already coming out with the promo related to this. I thought it would more be kind of like a celebration of an era or two different eras. Um, and then I'll actually look back at these guys have been taking shots for two weeks at each other on Instagram, especially styles and Jim Jones. And to start that way was really, really interesting. I really, you know, I, I told you like I've interviewed, I think everyone that rapped tonight, I'm not hundred percent sure of Jim Jones, but I've met Jim and I, I think I've interviewed him over the years. Cam, there's two people that have kept me waiting a crazy amount of time. Large professor, shout out to the God and Cameron. 
Cameron once kept me in a camera crew waiting for hours upon hours upon hours at Atlantic Records. Cam, and I hear this story a lot, he's notoriously late. I'm not putting this on him, but I really wish this battle would have started promptly at 10 o'clock. I get it, you're not gonna start at 9.30, but um, it was interesting when they came out to then like keep everyone waiting. I saw the comments going nuts. And then there was this whole jockeying for a position, but um, right away, I think they grabbed everyone's attention with that matchup. Well, if you looked at the chat, Swiss said around 10 o'clock or so, Cam is in the building. And so (laughs) escorted into the building is what he said. Uh, And so that indicated to me that, uh, okay, that's that's where the holdup was. I had seen flyers up until yesterday saying that this was starting at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Oh, wow. And then then, uh, I tuned in at 8. And uh, or actually, uh, then uh, today I saw nine. Then I tuned in at nine and I saw nine thirty because uh, they had a boxing match. And then they didn't actually start until ten twenty. So definitely a late night. And there was some false alarms, which we'll get into a little bit later about like it shutting down. But for a while, it looked like it's going to be a really significant thing that it started so late because you know it seemed like they were going to shut it down after like ten or twelve rounds, which would have been a real travesty because a lot of them had not played their, their, their haymakers, but, um, you know, it all, all is well that end, ended well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So round two, you want to see that one? Yeah. Uh, the locks did band for TV, which was Jada and styles P from, you know, Nori self-titled album. Dipset came out with crunk music from their first group project, diplomatic community in 2004. And, you know, for me, this one, I just noticed the stark difference. I mean, Dipset was rapping over vocal tracks, um, not incredibly well, in my opinion. And Locks came out really tight, really rehearsed, right, you know, putting on a show. So right away for me, it was 2-0 LOX. Yeah, I, I had it. Um, I had that one for the Locks too. So it brought it to 1-1 one, one, one for me. You know, Band from TV is just such a classic record. At this point, I'm still judging on the records. You know, the, the, the Nori record is one that is timeless and, uh, you know, really kind of introduced a whole new sound in New York. And it was the locks joining forces with him, with them, uh, with, with Nori was, I think, pretty, um, I think a pretty big boost for him and his yes. success because he was not as established at that point, you know, and I think that them uh, joining really helped to propel him. So that was a big record for me. Classic New York record. I mean, I love crunk music. That's one of my, if I had to pick 10 Dipset joints, that's in there. And it was one of those that I didn't expect to hear right away, but delivers everything to me. And I was actually surprised. I knew we would get banned for TV somewhere. I was surprised to get it that early. And the locks, you know, later in the night, they did some remixes, but they didn't do a ton of, I guess they did a few feature records, but that one was quick. And uh, but anyway, yeah, two zero start, and um, I'm gonna let you do round three. <laughs> we're, gonna do, we're not gonna do Michael Shea and call it job. Round three. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna shorten it. Uh, and yeah. started something by Locks um, or it's on it's dark and hell is hot um, from Locks, and then uh, Dipset did touch it or not from Killer Season. That one, um, you know, I give to the locks also, you know, that album, you know, especially given the magnitude of where we are right now. Um, obviously, it's huge. And their relationship with X and Collabos were always so significant. And, um, you know, that's just something that, that you know, I think 
stands the test of time. So I gave it to the locks on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I went locks too. Um, you know, I, I sensed in the crowd, you know, the dip set joint, which was, you know, a classic record. I remember hearing it on hot 97 and power when I was up in New York several times a week back then. Um, but for the streaming audience, it was, it was just not a great, not a great display. And the ad libs, you know, Joel's was stepping over Cam's vocals and all of that. I had to go locks with that one. And I didn't even necessarily in my mind factor in the DMX effect, but they just, they put on a show and we'll get more to that in a second. So um, right now you got a 3-0 and I got a 2-1. I got a 3-0. Oh, and, yeah. you know, for, for round four, they went with the, uh, you know, the, the military themed Mighty D Block Two Guns Up. Um, and Dipset went with Santana's Town, which was a breakout moment for Joel's. Um, and really, I thought this was a, a major turning point. And, and I could see it, um, you know, cemented in the comments, too. The locks continued to put on um, a really high energy, tight, cohesive show. Like, they must have rehearsed. Again, that's one of the things that I'll be curious to know of, like, to what level they rehearsed. And there was great interplay, especially with them and the DJ. Um, was it uh, a technician, the DJ? Yep, DJ technician, yep. I, I mean, just great interplay. Where, I mean, they clearly were on the same page. And um, yeah, I mean, for this, it was... Uh, and and that's, a, that's a powerful Dipset record. That was a breakout moment, like I said, for Joel's. Um, but all of a sudden, here we are, locks are up 4 nothing, And they've won on a record that sounds great in the versus format but maybe hasn't even aged well. And some of the Dipset guys were making fun of the record. Um, just, I forget, you know, uh, you know, making fun of the military aspect of it and the call and response, but boom, here we are. And all of a sudden, I feel like you could even see it on the face of Cameron and Jewel's of like, yo, what's going on here? Cause this is not what I don't think they expected either. Yeah, this is where it distinctly shifted for me. And, you know, Cameron to your point, actually, called out Jadakiss for wearing a camo. He was like, yo, yo, fam, this is not a war. We're going to war. We know yeah. what's going on. And this is when you realize the locks actually did come to go to war. You know, um, Jadakiss is calling out Cam and, and all the rest of Dipset for lip syncing now at this point. And this is when it becomes abundantly clear that locks are performing on, on without any assisted vocals and it's a full-blown concert, like you said. And then you saw, oh, wow, the level that they are at right now is just different. This is not a standard versus. They're show ready. They're ready for the, for the, the tour. This is what it is. And, and they brought full, full A game. So, yeah, this, this was 3-1 for me. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, there was a lot of talking on the mic, I think, Probably to a detriment. I think that at some points it was really funny, some of the, the quips and remarks, and we'll talk about some of them. But I feel like Dipset's approach was kind of what Cameron did to Bill O'Reilly in that famous viral moment of like, I won't let you get a word in and I'm going to frustrate you that way. Um, and that started to play out here. But when you're not putting on an A-level show, it's funny that that's not so funny. I mean, it's, it's great for hip hop when it's against Bill O'Reilly, who is, you know, kind of one of our culture's nemeses at the time. But this, it just started to seem annoying. And there was a lot of like, yo, can I speak? Can I talk? But, um, you know, moving into round five, I thought that truly this is definitely top three performances of the show with uh, Who Shot You and Jadakiss, you know, going on um, Champ is Here 3, like 
really digging in the crates on this one. Pulled out the right record. Obviously, you're going to have the tremendous energy from one of the greatest beats of all time. And then Cameron comes with Get Em Girls and Into Live My Life, which is the, the kind of rehash of Ambitions as a Rider um, with Tupac. And he had Daz on that one. And while both of those records were noteworthy in their time, you can't compete with Jada on that. Um, and Jada even says to the crowd during this point, you know, I'm in war mode and makes it clear. And, and let's not, you know, Jada does have the advantage of having already been in a versus against Fabulous, but um, he came with a different energy this time, I thought. And boom, here we are, you know, 5-0. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was interesting because Cameron actually rapped this time, at least over, uh, you know, Get Em Girls. He, he came out. And I didn't know if that was and it's what he was going to do initially or if he felt kind of like he had to. His arm was twisted based on the, the chiding that Jada had given him for the last couple of records, but he rapped on it. And I was like, okay, cool, here we go. They're going to flip it to instrumentals and it's going to be an even battle. But then by the time Live My Life came on, it was back to lip syncing, or not lip syncing, but rapping over the record. And it was clear to me that, okay, Locks just came with a different level of preparation. And so it was 4-1 for me. Yeah, and you know, uh, a respected journalist, somebody you and I both know, William Ketchum, I, I had uh, posted about a show in Philly that Cameron's headlining in August. And, you know, I bought tickets to support some folks. And, and, and Ketchum was like, yo, Cameron's a great live performer. And I've heard that a lot. And you started to see that right around here. Like he definitely stepped it up and I think realized that these records weren't going to win themselves on their own. Um, and we're going to see that in, in round six. You want to talk about the, the songs? Yeah, so uh, round six, uh, Locks came out with Reservoir Dogs. Um, you know, Sheik had been catching a little flack from them for not having been a major participant thus far. And this was his moment to kind of shine. Uh, Styles went acapella on it. And then they, they followed up with Jadakus's blood pressure. And that was going to be a theme that we saw recurring where Unlike most verses where you, you played like uh, I think that the format was verse and then chorus and then pull up, you know, these guys were playing full songs. They were doing multiple songs like there were there were no rules to it. And I'm curious as to what the agreed format was, because if there ha if there was one, it was disregarded. Um, but then Dipset followed up with Cameron's three, five, seven and then just fire um, the rock. Uh, and that joint, you know, that just that's one of my favorite. So first of all, Just Blaze is one of my favorite producers, period. And that is one of my favorite tracks of his. I just think it's so underrated. Um, I go, I, I go berserk. I think I sent it to you a song of the day probably like three times over the last year or so. So just pure record alone, that one uh, took it for me, you know, and Cam rapped on it too. Uh, and, you know, at the end, it was interesting because even Jadakus, amidst all the shit talk and said yo uh that was a good one that was the best one y'all did so you know i thought him respecting that moment and giving it up given that he was in war mode uh showed just how strong it was so i gave that one to dipset made it four two for me locks yeah i mean jada also did something i think we'll see in battles sometimes where people know what the rhyme is going to be or if they see somebody that's that's trying to say they're freestyling and they're not in a battle you'll see the opponent kind of drop in as like a diss of like i know how predictable your 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 rhyming bars are going to be jada during cam's verse on just fire 
um, was just dropping in the lyrics. And he did it in a way that sounded like respect to me, which was one of those cool cues as things were heating up. And as I feel like Dipset was a little bit lost in the lights of just showing the camaraderie there. And I thought that was really interesting. Two of my favorite Cameron records, period. I love Reservoir Dogs, but 357 was the joint that made me really appreciate Cam on his first album. And, and I agree with everything that you just said about, you know, Just Fire, one of my favorite um, Just Blaze tracks. So Dipset comes on the board for me here, 5-1. Okay, all right, cool. So next, lots go to 24 Hours to Live. Um, and Jada, at this point, <laughs> the, the, the talking is unbridled. He, yeah. he says, we are crushing these dudes, and he does not use the word dudes. Yeah. This is also when you started to see a spike on Instagram Live. Um, it was at 614K when I checked at this point. Um, you know, the, the total, the highest it got was, I think, 650, uh, 654 or something, 658, something like that. Uh, yeah, 658. And, uh, you know, which is really strong given, one, it's a weeknight. And I think that came in at around uh, 1130, midnight, something like that. Plus the Olympics. Plus the Olympics and it's summertime and, you know, people are out and about on the West Coast. There's, you know, other sports going on. So I thought it was really impressive that they commanded those kind of numbers. I actually thought they might get higher just given yeah. the fact that, that um, they were around the turn of the millennium. And, you know, um, yeah, I've noticed that a lot of the younger groups have gotten the bigger numbers. It's either the women or the younger groups uh, mm-hmm. or artists, I should say. So, you know, Jeezy and... Gucci were north of a million, and um, those guys were both in the O's. Uh, Joe Scott and Erica Badu were um, 750 or so. Uh, Monica and Brandy, uh, I think, were the biggest, and they were, um, you know, they're women, of course, from the 90s. Uh, so aside from women, it's typically artists who are in, the, in that O's period, but, you know, 618 is definitely nothing to sleep on. So, um, you know, and then... Um, Dipset did G's up and then Bird Gang Money. Uh, that one I gave to the locks too. So for me, it was 5-2. Yeah, I mean, Dipset did a mentally. They did Purple City Bird Gang too. I mean, several different songs. And I actually thought this was a low point for Dipset in the battle. Um, and, you know, 24 Hours to Live, the locks came with energy, a recognizable record. <clears throat> you know, two of those three records that, that Dipset did are are not well-known and I can't imagine they're very well-known beyond New York. Um, and I just, you know, I, I think, and I said it a minute ago, I think Dipset would have benefited from bringing more than just the core four on stage. Hell Rell was a spitter. J.R. Ryder was a spitter. And I think that there are, there are joints in those catalogs that can really revive a crowd and recharge things. But yeah, I mean, what happened is what happened in six one LOX. And to um, your point, you know, even Jada called him out on it. He said, what song was that in New York? What, what, <laughs> was that new shit? Like, yeah. like yeah. It, it was, I got to say, like, he was going so hard that I was wondering at, at a certain point, yo, is, is this planned or is this real? Because, like, it seemed like dudes were getting a little tight. And, um, you know, we talked about the, the art of slap boxing in our, our recent podcast, um, kind of detailing. Um, the ongoing war of wars between Royce Five Nine and Lupe Fiasco, and now Mickey Faxon and many other people. Um, but I likened it to slap boxing, and in slap boxing, 
you know, it's usually when that person gets hit in the ear that like it turns, it goes rogue. And, you know, I felt like this is an ear slapping moment. This was like my man Antonio Brown, you know, celebrating when he when he hugged the goalpost like that at full speed. And it's funny, too, because, you know, I mean, these are grown men. These are role models, um, you know, styles with his his juice stores. Um, You know, Jada Kiss has really stepped up um, a lot from the years where he was beefing with so and so and, and whatnot. But it's fun to watch these guys still be able to talk smack. Um, and it felt real and it did, it felt like my eyes are glued because, you know, Cameron, Jim Jones, Joel's, these are guys with big egos and how are they going to react? And, um, yeah, I thought it was, it was super duper interesting and it's great to see that, um, you know, that energy. So round eight, you know, next up was one of my favorites because, um, and in the Instagram comments, you know, DJ clue was one of the people, um, in there, he was talking his own smack in there, which, you know, clue isn't new to, he told DJ drama, that uh, he wouldn't even appreciate this night because these were this was the Clue era. And, you know, for those like myself, I wasn't living in New York, but I was buying a lot of those mixtapes. The locks just ran the table with Clue. So they did the next level freestyle, um, which is, you know, Show and AG's track that DJ Premier produced, the nighttime remix. And I did not expect to hear this. To me, that was that was so that was that Easter egg moment of just like, oh, you guys took it there. And at this moment, when they're up by, you know, six points in my count to do this was just, you know, a referee would have thrown a penalty for, for celebrating the play. Um, and there was a whole bunch of, uh, there was a whole bunch of, of bars in there. Um, we'll let you talk about them in a second, but Dipset came with their own special joint, Bout It, Bout It Too, which was a touchstone moment. I was in New York a lot at the time. They took the Master P True record and redid it. And uh, that was so cool because Dipset just had so much swagger. But I feel like, you know, that was a down south appropriation. Uh, Dipset kind of took that moment and made it theirs. And if you were already following them, you were in on it. You know, it was, it was kind of a cool, you know, swag thing. The locks just came with bars and rhymes, you know, uh, beats and rhymes. And that's going to win for me every time. So they were 7-1. Yeah, man, this is where it started to feel like it could get away uh, from Dipset and it might just yeah. be a total blowout, um, you know, and I think Jada since the moment too, you know, he was, again, just coming with all the smoke. He said, uh, you know, we're doing real hop, hip hop, we're doing real hip hop and this is the mecca of hip hop and these dudes is lip syncing, you know, yeah. uh, literally. And he, he said, you're going to do a rap or you're going to keep playing Paula Abdul? I mean, he was going hard and I made a note and I said, you know, Dipset better get in the gym before this concert is time to lift some bars, you know, Um, because locks are, they're in full, they're in full playoff mode already. Like um, the season hasn't, hasn't even started and they're in full playoff mode. So, and to your point that, that DJ premier record, um, that track is just, that one is undefeated to me too. So it was hard to begin with, but th- with them rapping over it too, and it's a deep cut, crazy. So yeah, I had a 6-2 dips, uh, 6-2 lock, uh, locks at that point. And I love what this does for Versus because I mean, I'll be real. There's been some Versus that I have not watched. I did not watch Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. Respect, I had some friends that were glued to their you know screens, but, and, I, and maybe that one was great, but I love that this sets a precedent that you're not just going to come in and rely on the record. You got to deliver the record. And 
I love even the trash talk of reminding people that. Um, so, you know, round nine, uh, LOX came in with Dope Money from the first Rough Riders compilation in 9-9. And, um, and then there was a weird kind of snafu between their record and Dipset. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, you know, um, there was a point where um, Cam came over to Jadakus and actually leaned in his ear and was talking to him. And, you know, that that's another time when I was thinking, okay, you know, regardless of what they said, you know, something has transpired where it's gotten to be too much. And Jay, and, and Cam is telling Jada to take the temperature down a little bit. You could see, you know, he whispered in his ear. Um, you could see Jada kind of like nodding and like, you know, covering the mic and brought the energy down somewhat, you know. Um, at this point, there were more people on the stage too. So even if it wasn't that there was, there were, you know, feelings being caught on the side of the artists, you know, without the crew being fully uh, clued into what was going on, you could see something jumping off, you know, and it wouldn't be unheard of, especially with that many people, that much energy. We saw how crazy things got with the NBA once, you know, people, fans got allowed back in that energy gets turned up to a different degree, you know, post COVID. And so, um, you know, I think they, they, they decided to kind of pull back a little bit, but what, what was your take on it? Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have heard it, but I also respect the privacy. I thought too, you know, I mean, you and I, as, as friends that razz on each other, there's been a couple of times where I feel like each of us has been like, yo, that one, like, come on, man. Like, and I felt like that was what was, what Cam was telling Jada, but it also I made me wonder, too, if if it was about airtime, if, you know, they were doing, you know, it seemed like the locks were doing a lot of full songs. Dipset was coming in and doing like, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes. I didn't know if it was a time issue. Um, but yeah. in any of. Oh, go ahead. To your point, you know, um, at one point, Jadica said um, that, you know, they only had 25 minutes left. Yeah. You know, and so, and this is only round nine. So if you can imagine them trying to squeeze in 22 more songs, you know, and, and, and probably more than that, given the pace they were going per round within 25 minutes was, was not, not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, there was, <clears throat> I felt for Cam because after this kind of break in the action, he came back with one of his bigger records. Again, to your point, Just Blaze, Peak Rockefeller era, Welcome to New York City, Cam's collaboration with, uh, with Jay-Z and um, you know I kind of threw Cam some bail on this one first of all I think it's a better record second of all even though it might not have been with the precision of some of the deliveries that I saw from Jada Styles and and she absolutely played his part Cam stepped it up he was shifting into gear um, so you know I I gave him the point you know I gave Dipset the point um, and it's 7-2 for me at this at this juncture. Yeah, I gave this one to Dipset, too, and so it brought it to 6-3 for me. Um, great record. Um, still lots of outperforming them, but I thought this was a better record and enough to give them the point. So round 10, and this is where you started to think, okay, cool, like the energy is crazy, and, uh, you know, maybe there's bad blood here, but this one to me is where it started clicking in. That, okay, this is, to your point in the very beginning, WWE. Because, you know, Cam comes with Welcome to New York City, and then um, the locks come right back with New York. Um, 
and you know it was uh, you know ja Rule, and it was and then they, they did locked up but but it was just such a seamless follow-up that you yeah. thought okay this has got to be coordinated uh, not just in terms of activity but the set list too it's a mutual dj you yeah. know <clears throat> yeah i thought that as well and it reminded me but then even before we get to the dip set i mean it's interesting too because you know jada does his verse from new york styles does his verse from the a contract um both perform it really well the crowd is very involved and then they do this weird thing where um you know styles shouts out max b and and reminds people that he was with max a lot before he went in and you know they had, cam had just had this conversation in jada's ear and i don't i don't know the particulars of of max b versus dipset but i know that there's there's politics there um that also involve french montana that you know <clears throat> and it seemed very calculated in the way the new york crowd was reacting i was like this is interesting and um right away dipset responds and and styles also does this thing and he shouted out uh two of the individuals that are behind bars due to Takashi six and nine. Um, so you're starting to involve some New York streets here too. I just thought that that was really interesting. Um, and it was, I guess, sort of kind of tongue in cheek, but then Dipset responds with certified gangsters, which kind of speaks to your WWF point of like, you know, the message of that song was peak New York, you know, street gang, kind of tracing it and saying like New York has its own sets too. And that was part of the whole diplomats vibe in the day, but they go right into that. And it seems like Jim in particular really wants to make it clear that he's got like, they're both jockeying in these shouts out in these shout outs. And for me, as calculated as this seems at one point, given the people on stage, the people in the crowd, I'm like, is this going to escalate at this point over something that has very little to do with hip hop? Um, but luckily that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So I gave that one to Locks again. So now we're 7-3 for me. I think you had 8-2. 8-2 Warlock. So round 11, the only verse that I cannot confirm, and it might be a freestyle, was this Lock song. And they did it over, you know, the Love Unlimited track that Nas used for No Ideas Original. Um, and, you know, that's the beautiful thing of verses. It moves so quickly. Um, definitely somebody in the comments let me know and, and certainly there'll be formal scorecards that went against a big record you know jim jones we fly high aka ballin um so how did you score this one yeah i already told you my, my story about we fly high man that that record ran the radio and the clubs for a good three months or so it was like a new york anthem and so uh, this one was is undefeated for me so I, I gave this to dipset um you know seven four i see you took a shot at me man in, in my notes <laughs> yeah. um so you know jim does this thing that made me laugh is you know the record starting with the intro and he takes he lets somebody in the crowd put some chains on him and i laugh because Styles p goes yo that is so corny man and it was one of the it was one of the one of the highlights you know before the battle even started i think cam told jada kiss don't ever shake my hand like that again like these little like clever lines um the internet may have fun with over the next few days but that made me laugh because it is a classic record i adore it i remember where i was the first time i heard it and i say adore it you you don't like that word in in terms of a record um <laughs> but i thought that jim relied on the crowd he just stood basically still and presented it 
And meanwhile, you know, Jada makes the point, some of our mixtapes are better than their real records, um, which is, leads me to believe that that is a mixtape joint. I know it, it might be sacrilege in the eyes of some. I'm going locks on this one. You know, Jim Jones got a fastball across the plate and he didn't knock it out of the park because that's one of those records you have to use as an ace up your sleeve to get a point on the bat on the board. And he just didn't do that. And I feel like <clears throat> the pageantry of, of putting on the chain really, he could have done way more cooler shit to, to just certify the record, but that's just my take. Yeah. I mean, the energy on the stage was contagious at this point and definitely spread to you and me uh, in <laughs> a document because yeah. When you said, you know, I adore that record, but not, <laughs> I said, please never use the word adore in connection with a rap record again. So I think that says it all. Uh, yeah. I mean, at one point when you're throwing dips at these records, I tease you because I know often you'll, uh, you'll tap Harlem for free parking. And uh, I was <laughs> like, yeah, man, you're just doing that because you need to walk through those streets to get, you know, but. Uh, That's what helps we- me keep balling. <laughs> <laughs> word. Uh, so, round 12. 12 yeah round 12 and this is this was interesting to me because you know we said that they had gotten kind of that 25 minute warning um just a, a minute or so ago and um the locks responded by playing all about the benjamins and to me that was them signaling okay this battle's about to be over i think they'd even been told they, they only had three songs left and so yeah they pulled out the big guns and I thought, okay, you know, it's, it's a wrap because what record is bigger than all about the Benjamins for them, even though it's not their record, it's just such a timeless, you know, classic from breakout moment too. Yeah. A breakout moment for them, you know, arguably launched their career, you know, one of their, you know, few records with Biggie. Like I, I just didn't, I, I didn't see that as anything as, as topping that. So I thought, okay, cool. We're winding down. And then Dipset responded with Dipset Anthem. Great record, too. But, you know, all about the Benjamins. I can't think of a single record on here that, that would beat that. So I gave that to Locks. So at this point, I'm with Locks at 8-4 now. Yeah, I, I went with Locks to 10-2. It's a touchstone. You know, how I remember, you know, late 97, early 98 is that record. It was it was definitely the MTV awakening of the Locks. And for me, I was in Pittsburgh. So at that point, I'm not privy to mixtapes like that. It was interesting, too, in the chat, you know, Diddy said that Jada Kiss wrote his verse, which shouldn't come as any surprise. But it was even cool when you talk about engagement, just like that sort of factoid. Um, but yeah, this one was without question. So for 13, again, to that point of like, you know, we only have a few songs left. It kind of felt like the victory lap and the locks did wild out which is a um, record that I got to say in its day, you know, 21 years ago, I didn't love. Um, I just thought it, it was chasing choruses a lot, but it really worked well in this scenario. And Dipset responded with probably my favorite Cameron solo record of Killer Cam from Purple Haze. And although I love that record and I play it, you know, I would say on a weekly or biweekly basis, it doesn't work in the versus format like that. And while Cam's performance definitely improved throughout this versus, um, I think he thought it was going to be this real aha moment with the crowd. And I feel like the crowd was already won by the locks and they were just kind of just riding it out. Um, you know, so for me, the locks go up a whole other point to 11-2, which is 
of all of the verses we've seen that I've that I've scored, that's probably the biggest um, you know gap that that I've seen to date. But how did you score it? Yeah, you know, so Wild Out is an anthem and um, a distinctive New York record, and really speaks to Swizz Beats' sound that he kind of controlled at that time. Yeah, I actually never really liked the record that much because uh, it seemed too derivative of um, Jigga for me. You know, um, Jigga, my my, you know, so um, and I, I got a thing with records that, that sound too close to other hit records that just came out. Um, and so, but you know, given how big it was for the moment, I still gave it to Locks because I thought it was just a bigger record for the time, and and I thought that um, it had more longevity. So yeah. I got Locks nine four at this point. So round fourteen, you know, I, I always defend Cheek, man. I, I think that Cheek gets a really um, bad rap sometimes, and Dipset definitely preyed on that, and and the Locks responded, kind of pointing out Freaky Ziki. But, you know, Sheik, and, and you and I interviewed the Locks last year, he's always the most engaged person of the group, you know, in a group setting. Um, I think he has phenomenal records. He did one in the final rounds that we'll talk about. But they kind of handed him the ball for, um, you know, the Kiss Your Ass Goodbye remix. And, and I like that. And Dipset responded. I thought that they would respond with the Freaky Ziki moment. And there were a lot of people in the comments of the chat, and they may have had camera angles on um, – you know, Triller or something I didn't see, you know, about, you know, Zeke was just killing it on the hype man level. But they responded with the Salute remix from Jim Jones and then 848. Um, two records that I have to admit were not top of mind to me. And, um, you know, I thought that uh, the locks had sent a message with Kiss Your Ass Goodbye, like even that kind of like when they came out with FU. And it went to 12-2 for me. I, you know, definitively at that. Yeah, you know, at this point, Jada is still popping off. And he says about Freaky Ziki, he's the fat dude in Drew Hill. Uh, <laughs> the clowning was amazing, you know. Um, but I still gave this one to Dipset. Um, I just thought the record was better and the records were better, um, you know. And so I had it at nine and five at this point. So it's still striking distance, but. Locks are locks are comfortably in the lead for me. Cool. Uh, you want to take round fifteen? Yeah, round fifteen. Um, locks lead off with felony ends, and then um, after a pause, you know, uh, yeah, th- there's another kind of like false alarm here um, that kind of threw off the locks. Uh, I-, I think the locks are now because of that false alarm, kind of out of their rhythm. And I thought that record was, especially for a round 15 record, not a very strong showing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if you want to pull it out in the earlier rounds or something like that. And then um, Dipset pulls out Old Boy and Hey Ma. And I'm like, uh-oh. Um, you know, they might have more in the chamber. Locks, you know, got thrown off and Dipset's about to, like, pull back in and maybe come in for the upset uh, when it felt like the NBA playoffs this year where a lot of teams blew 25-point leads in the third quarter. I thought that might be going on. Um, but it's also a, a time when it really got real on stage, you know, uh, and that's when Styles said, we agree we were going to get chippy, a little chippy before we got here. This is all love. Uh, you know, and he said, we're not going to um, F this money up. 
don't scare the white people. Um, and, <laughs> and then he said, both sides of entourage was get out the stage, it's all love. And then uh, Styles and Jim embraced at, um, at Jadakiss's behest. So, you know, at this point, like on stage, it was getting real, man. And, and it might have even been getting real uh, for the, the artists um, based on how their crews were reacting. But I thought it was interesting. I thought it was cool that they said that explicitly. You know, they didn't let it get out of control. Um, they let the energy stay that way, but they wanted everyone to know that it was all love between the groups and, and cool. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was mad responsible. And then, of course, um, you know, Dip said after this moment, they respond with two of the bigger records, ones that we knew we'd see tonight, both Cameron records of Oh Boy and Hey Ma, um, you know, crew records. But um, yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know for you, do you want to say how you scored it? Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I scored it um, for Dipset. So yeah. for me, it's 9-6 uh, at this point. Which is like you said, striking distance. And, and, you know, even though at this point we're in the mindset of there's only a few records left, that's still a close, you know, if you're watching baseball, that's still a close game. Um, you know, for me, I definitely, I feel that Dipset had a challenge. Um, they did great records, you know, performing. These are records they probably performed the most. And the crowd was figuring itself out. The stage was a little different. I definitely threw them the bone. Um, and I agree, too. I, I think that, you know, Felony Brothers wasn't the greatest choice. Uh, the record wins. The effort was there. And some of it might have been lost in translation with the crowd, given the intermission or kind of brief pause. I, I gave it to Dipset as well. So it's 12-3 for me in favor of the locks. Cool. So you want to kick up the next Yeah, round, round 16 turned into like a mega medley. And what's funny is, you know, especially coming after, you know, um, Oh Boy and Hey Ma, I think it was Jewel's, it might have been Jim that was teasing the locks that they had no girl records, that, you know, basically there was some chiding that, like, you really only make records for dudes, um, which I thought was just some, some clever trash talk. Uh, again, I mean, if this wasn't choreographed, shout out to who's ever working with the DJ or however this happened. If it was, they certainly sold us on the drama. The locks responded with a crazy medley, including Ride or Die Chick with, you know, Eve. They had, uh, it's Honey by Mariah Carey, right? The remix. Um, yep, Mariah Carey. Yeah. Uh, you know, the J-Lo remix, the Mary J. Blige, No More Drama remix. And then my personal favorite Chic Luch record and one of my favorite just love records in hip hop, Good Love. Um, and then, you know, like they're just, they're just commanding. It kind of reminded me of like a, uh, you know, vintage dance hall battle. Cause they're like, we got the mic, we got the, we got the PA system, take it back. And they went into, you know, knock yourself out, you know, the Jada record. Um, and yeah, I just thought that that was, that was super interesting. And, you know, Dipset responds with summer with mommy, the Jim Jones record. And Jim, um, is, you know, not, he's missing lyrics and kind of taking spots in the record. The locks had it, um, you know, major way for me, 13 to three. Yeah. You know, back to the WWE analogy, you know, there's always that moment where the good guy is getting beaten and like down on his feet and, you know, he hits, has uh, several two counts, yeah. kicks out last minute staggering then all of a sudden it comes back and like, you know, it starts punching and like, you know, and, you know, does the, the, the um, flying like drop kick and, 
it's a wrap. And this was that moment for me because just when they seemed down and out, seemed like they were staggering, uh, they hadn't paced themselves well, they, they pull out like four or five just bangers. And, you know, Jada's saying, uh, you know, these dudes don't know what Grammys look like. He said, we got Grammys. These dudes don't know what Grammys look like. They don't know what they look like. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, you know, they know what he said. They know what grams look like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's just incredible, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, after that, after that medley of just gigantic hits, like you know, I had to give it to Locke. So I had it at ten six at that point. Round seventeen, you know, and at this point, you can kind of feel like at any moment that it's going to end. But, you know, I mean especially on the locks part and and let's let's be real i mean a lot of verses have flipped the order the locks had you know were first up through the entire verses which i thought was interesting and probably played to their advantage um especially it it showcased their hunger to just keep it going but for round 17 they did styles p good times i get high and and they did a remix with the jada verse um and they flipped it to i got five on it the instrumental which was again innovative creative more than just the record as you hear it um, and Dipset responded with Santana. And, you know, it was it was LOX for me all the way. So at this point, they're 14 to three. Yeah, man. Um, I don't have a ton more to add to this one. Um, I gave it to Locks too. Uh, you know, another great record. And so I, I got it at 11-6 at this point. Yeah. And round 18 is like that. I mean, things are ending and it feels like they got the green light to go to about midnight. But the Locks do another just kind of medley um all for the love rough riders anthem remix get at me dog you know which she kind of had the the call and response on the chorus biggie's last day record um and then dipset does cameron's kanye record down um and at that point you know um i gotta say too you and i talk a lot about you know fitness and and kind of physical preparation for this cam seems tired and fatigued at this point and you know even us as viewers i'm sitting at home you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, but the locks got it, you know, 15-3. Yeah, even I think Styles P, or, I think it was Styles said, yeah, I'm trying to go home. Like, you know, it's late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but at this point, they're doing Biggie records and DMX records. I mean, yeah. how are you going to answer? And back to back in the same round. How are you going to answer that? Like, you know, so this is where you start to see just the, the muscle of their overall catalog going to work and so yeah i gave it uh locks to 12 six for me so the final round 19 um another medley money power respect which i gotta say like i was not a huge fan of that record at the time it sounded absolutely great tonight that's one that i've appreciated more and more with time um the by your side jada kiss record come through from one of the violator joints which another just kind of a deep grab put your hands up blackout and of course we're gonna make it and, um, you know, Dips came back with, uh, I really mean it. And at one point, you know, I'm curious of your take. Um, Cam did like an acapella thing and he kept repeating the same couplet. I think he did it three or four times. I couldn't no, tell. I could get your gun. Yeah. And, you know, very clearly this had turned into a hip hop moment. At one point, Cameron earlier in the battle had dissed the locks and says like, yo, this ain't SOBs, man. <laughs> which yeah. which is a which is a funny diss to me yeah. i mean anyone that's been to sobs in new york but at that same time like when hip-hop as an idea and as a spirit has prevailed to be coming out with acapella gun talk is not probably reading the room very well um and at one point you know it seemed like he was getting booed and 
you know, one of the things that I've neglected to talk about so far is we are on the 20, uh, what are we, 26th anniversary of the 95 Source Awards in the same building, Madison Square Garden. And I seem to care about this. I think you thought I was being corny. But if you paid attention, that same like light, you know, those grids up above the audience were exactly the same. And let's not forget, you know, Snoop and Dre and Death Row and Suge all got booed. It was an upset day for them. You know, Bad Boy came and prevailed. Was Cameron getting booed? What, first of all, was he getting booed? And is there any significance to that? Uh, I did not hear him getting booed. Uh, so I can't confirm or deny that. Um, I, I did think that the, the get your gun line was like definitely misplaced, you know, given you know, the, the levels that were going on and, you know, the energy in the air. And, and at one point, I think it was around now, or actually it was right after it was all over, Styles P explicitly said, we all came here safe. We're all going to get home safe. You know, uh, everybody in here, you know, it's not going to be any fighting, no anything. Like, you know, we're all going to get home safe. And so he read the room uh, and wanted to make sure that, like, you know, people were cool leaving it's a lot of dudes, a lot of energy that they rob people up and they wanted to make sure that people left with the right mindset. So I thought that was dope. Um, but at this point, you know, round 19, the final round, they're doing six songs to one. I mean, so like, it's just, it's not even a fair fight at this point, you know? Um, so um, I can understand why there might be some frustration on the part of Dipset, you know? So. Yeah. But I gave it uh, to Locks on that 13-6. So um, my final tally was was Locks 13-6. I I was 16-3. I thought it was a clear and decisive win for Locks. You know, um, let me ask you this. Would would your score have changed if if, uh, Dipset had performed in the same way that Locks did? I think there's some records that they absolutely could have gotten away with. I think they have hits. Um, I really think, you know, Cameron carried dips and I think it took a minute for Cameron to warm up. I think Jim has tremendous presence. I'm going to throw, shoot Jim some bail. I think on wax, Jim is five times the MC. He was even when he made we fly high his projects with Harry fraud and, you know, El Capo and all the different stuff he's made with Empire over recent years is really good music, in my opinion, stuff that I listen to. But I don't think that translated to the stage. And I think Joel's and Freaky Ziki were weak links tonight. I don't think that they they carried their weight. Sheik had a few moments. And I think that Styles P is a far superior lyricist to Jim Jones. And that showed itself, you know, especially as a performing MC. And that showed itself tonight. Jada and Styles with you know some help from Sheik just ran the table by and large and I think that that was a a a seismic win you know yeah well um so that's it man I I think would you want to go to this show after this did did this make you hype for the show you know if I I feel like they can make it fun you know like G-Rap and Kane have done you know song for song interplay during shows over the years I don't know. And I I think it could be a liability when you get certain crowds to do this on tour, but I think some of this chippy energy could make for a very good show. Um, If not for COVID, I would have loved to have been in that building. Um, 
but I hope it, I hope it awakens showgoers. My question to you with that is, and I'd love your answer to that too, is after tonight, should this be like an all-star game? Should Dipset, you know, should it be state property, then Dipset, and then Locks as the headliner? Did they earn that right? All right, so I'll answer um, my question first. I'm interested to see whether or not they do a traditional format where it is like one act, second act, third act, or if they go back to back and, 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 and uh, take the stage together. I think if they do that, then it sidesteps your question mm. uh, yeah. because they're both on stage together. They can have the energy, you know, they can cheer each other on now that the, the verses is out, you know, uh, out, of, out of the way, the competition's out of the way. I, I think, though, they'll probably do it traditional. And, yes, I think locks are the ones who um, finish it just because they've been around longer. I think they do have a, a, a longer catalog. Um, I just think that's the right order. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I like that. And honestly, I, I may have seen pop-up appearances from some of these, but I've never gone to a show from either group headlining. And I got to say, like, I'm so impressed with the Lox's performance. And I don't think that that's something that would, um, you know, change night to night. I'm sure the crowd energy in New York is always going to be, you know, crazy home field advantage. But um, I'm really, really impressed. And, you know, Cam and Jim and Joel's, you know, while I've offered some criticism tonight, these are showmen, freaky Ziki too. So I think it's a really cool show. Their tour, as of right now, there's no dates in Philly. But um, I would love for both of these groups, as well as, you know, state property to, you know, get their flowers. And um, provided we're in a safe space, I want hip hop tours to be fun again and talked about and, and revive some important acts. And, you know, that's three of them right there. Yeah, seeing this definitely made me uh, more interested in attending a concert. You know, um, just a reminder of how many great hits both groups have. And a, a really, uh, not even a reminder, just like a, a wake-up call as to how strong the locks can be as performers, you know. Um, and so, like I said, I hope Dipset gets in the gym, yeah, gets, those, gets those bars up. Um, and so this is going to be an incredible concert. Well, man, as I let you go, you got a song of the week? I do. Uh, my song of the week is I Say a Little Prayer by Aretha Franklin. Mm. Uh, she is a uh, lifelong favorite of mine. And I went to the African-American Museum, Music Museum in Nashville this weekend. Fantastic experience. Recommend it for anyone who likes music and gets the opportunity to go to Nashville. But... Um, it played a prominent role in one of the exhibits. And so I've had it in my head ever since. That song did? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So that song has been in my head, but what about you? Man, that's dope. I love the whole like muscle shoals sound and actually, you know, my, my streaming platform of choice, I won't mention it just told me that Aretha is one of my top three artists this month that I've listened to mine in the spirit of competition. I sent it to you today. It's a joint called clubber Lang. Shout out to Mr. T by Josh One, who, you know, worked with King Brit and a bunch of other people over the years. He's kind of like a down-tempo, but a hip-hop producer, and it's got Demetrius Rhymes on it, which, you know, underground hip-hop uh, fans may know as AD, AD um, out of Chicago. So I've just, I played it five times today. I've been enjoying that one, and especially the way this versus went, it, it fits. Yeah, dope. 
Well, we got another one coming up very soon. We got two big albums coming out. Um, in theory, we have Kanye West's Donda finally, uh, but um, with more certainty and probably um, maybe even more uh, expectations and anticipation for our audience. Nas has just announced King's Disease 2. He's got a track uh, with Eminem for the first time ever, and it also features a PMD. Another track with Lauren, um, YG, um, A Boogie with the Hoodie. Uncle Charlie Wilson. Uncle yeah. Charlie Wilson, pretty pretty interesting lineup. So I think that's going to be dope. Yeah, man. Exciting times ahead, but this was fun to do. Shout out to the hip hop and shout out to Versus, man. You guys, uh, they, 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 won, they won me back, you know, in a big way. So. Word, for real, for real. All right, man. All right, man. So we do it again. Yeah, peace.